Hey everyone, welcome to Recover Clarity. I got clean and sober in 1999, and my work with others since then has made it clear that a lot of confusion surrounds what we call the program. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. One way to drag the 12 steps, kicking and screaming, into the 21st century is to look at its content from the point of view of what we know about addiction today. William Silkworth's The Doctor's Opinion contains an observation that's often ignored in 12-step rooms, but may be the key to connecting some important dots. The Doctor's Opinion was once Chapter 1 of the Big Book, until AA co-founder Bill Wilson decided his story deserved better billing. The Doctor's Opinion is still at the beginning of the book, but it's in the dodgy Roman numeral section that often gets glossed over. Silkworth was a psychiatrist and chief medical officer of Towns Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. At the time, there were no treatment centers, no insurance coverage for drug and alcohol issues, and addiction in general was considered a moral failing. Towns Hospital was essentially a detox center, and by some estimates, Silkworth would oversee the detox of some 40,000 addicts and alcoholics while at Towns. Anyone wealthy enough to afford detox was provided what was then called the Belladonna treatment and discharged once detox was completed. But prior to AA's founding, there was no follow-up resources for the newly sobered up, and many patients returned more than once to their substance and then to towns. Wilson was there three times. What Silkworth observed about his patients who would relapse and return to the hospital is prescient, given what we know about addiction today. Silkworth said that once detoxed, they'd get increasingly restless, irritable, and discontent, and then seek solace again in the bottle or a drug. Here's the thing. Symptoms of untreated trauma include restlessness, irritability, and discontentedness, as do the effects of emotional abuse, physical abuse, and PTSD. It's not a direct corollary. Each of the above has additional symptoms that go beyond the three Silkworth mentions. But the similarity is striking in an age where addiction is more and more seen as rooted in some sort of pain. How does step three relate to pain? Step three is all about recognizing that our approach to life and the way we respond to people and situations make it more likely we'll end up restless, irritable, and discontent. Ever stood in a convenience store checkout line and watched the person at the cashier count out exact change in pennies? Ever begin to go after that person who cut you off on the road or gone further? Ever spend the day in your head rehashing that conversation with the boss or the spouse or the stranger? Ever spin scenarios in your head about when this happens, you'll do this, and when that happens, you'll do that? That constant state of annoyance is what Step 3 calls the results of a life run on self-sufficiency, a state of mind where everything must go our way, sound the way we want it to sound, and end up the way we want it to end up, or else. Or else we walk around in a constant state of restless, irritable, and discontent. And if that noise in our head gets loud enough, if restless, irritable, and discontent reaches our limit, 
will turn and reach for that sense of ease and comfort that comes from taking a few drinks, or a pill, or a bag, or a pipe. Why does someone in pain have a view of the world like that? One reason is that people in pain seek a sense of control because they usually had no control of the pain being inflicted on them. Being in control in some way over something, over anything, becomes the go-to coping skill to navigate pain. It ends up being how we respond to everything and everyone because we see our expectations not being met as more pain. Control is a release at first, but becomes a trap over time. It ends up causing more problems than it ever solved, but it takes a while to see that. So step three is the first action in the 12-step program to address the underlying cause of our troubles. It doesn't make them disappear, and we may need outside help to deal with some of it. But just by itself, the step teaches us how to shift our perspective enough to relieve the discomfort. It also ends up showing us that we need not be in control to be okay. That conclusion will take more time, but it happens. Step three is action. First of all, we had to quit playing God, it didn't work, is an effort to get us to see how constantly having to be in control isn't working. It isn't having the desired effect that it may once have had. Now it's creating resentment, complicating relationships, and making situations harder and harder to deal with. 